Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Pure Podcast by Relaya McRae. And I am so excited that you decided to listen in. And I thank you for all the people out there, all my supporters who have been um, sharing my podcast and sharing it on Facebook and Instagram. I thank you all. And just bear with me for my Instagram and my Facebook. Um, I don't take photos like that. And most of the time I'm in scrubs. <laughs> so I don't take photos and I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to post on my Instagram. I got to get better at that. But guys, today we're going to be diving into contentment in solitude. And I must say that when I first got saved and before I got saved, um, I was in a lot of relationships. Um, I wouldn't even say relationships. I would just say like, I I wanted attention from a lot of people. I didn't know what relationships meant. The only thing I knew with relationships is that, you know, it made me feel loved, appreciated, wanted, and like the person would you know, leave me. Like I struggled with um, abandonment issues, rejection, a lot of things. And when I got saved, God had to open up my eyes and he began to um, speak to my spirit. And when I began to work on this project, um, God inspired this quote of mine. And it says, solitude is your biggest blessing. God will allow you to endure only if you shift your focus by lay and Holy Spirit. And the reason why that word endure is right there because when you look up what solitude is, there are many synonyms of solitude and it's lonesomeness, loneliness, uh, being by yourself. But in that, there is great blessing in that but only if you shift your focus. If you don't shift your focus before then, then you'll think that solitude, that God has put you in the season of solitude to harm you, but he hasn't. And what God had to show me, because before I got saved, I was always in quote unquote relationships. And I always had to talk to people, be around people, never be alone, whether it was friends, uh, just wanting attention from people, having multiple people I could text, flirt around with, and just do things with, and just be there by my side. God had to show me like, all right, like you're single. Like even in the midst of me getting saved, I was literally talking to another girl. And if you guys don't know my testimony, God take me from homosexuality, you should totally go check that out. It's in episode one, my testimony. And he had to show me like, hey, Lay, you haven't been single, really. You've started diving into like being with other people since like second grade. And maybe before that, like I always wanted, like I always had a crush on a guy. I was always like never had this contentment with myself. I remember, you know, putting like t-shirts on my head, like trying to be like white. I used to get like Hannah Montana wigs, trying to be like a white girl. I was always trying to be something that God never created me to be. And when I gave my life to Christ, God was like, all right, we're going to go into a season of solitude and a season of singleness. You're going to be single or you're not going to have friends. And a lot of people will be like, oh my gosh, like we were created for a relationship and blah, say this and blah, say that in the Christian community. And we were, 
but I am a firm believer that God will take you through seasons and that he will give you things when you are ready. And so God had to shift my perspective on what single, uh, being single meant and what being alone meant. And he showed me that singleness means being unattached, free, and unmarried. And what a beautiful thing it is to be that. Like when you're single, you don't have to worry about nobody but yourself. You don't have to worry about the responsibilities of being in a relationship or being married. You don't have to worry about being attached to someone emotionally, physically, nor spiritually. When you're married, you become one with that person emotionally, physically, and spiritually. When you get into a relationship, you're creating that emotional attachment to that person. And God had to show me, hey, Lay, this is the first time in your life where you get to know what it feels like to be truly free, where you get to know who I've created you to be. And so the point one that I want to make is being single means being unattached, free and unmarried from the things of this world. One good person that talked about this in the Bible is Paul. And he explained in 1 Corinthians 7, 32-35, he says, he says, but I want you to be without care. He who is unmarried cares for the things of the Lord, how he may please the Lord. But he who is married cares about the things of the world, how he may please his wife. There is a difference between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman cares about the things of the Lord, that she may be holy both in body and in spirit. But she who is married cares about the things of the world, how she may please her husband. And this I say, for your own profit, not that I may put a leash on you, but for what is proper and that you may serve the Lord without distraction. And in your singleness, what Paul is saying here, when you're single, you don't have to answer to no one else but the Lord. The only thing you have to focus on is being pure and holy in both body and in spirit. But once you are married, you have to begin to worry about what pleases your husband, what pleases your household. And God had to show me that when I am single, I can serve him without distraction. I can spend a long time with him without distraction. That's not to say because Paul actually preferred and desired to stay single. That's not to say that you can't desire a relationship one day, that you can't desire wanting to be married. That's not what I'm saying. In fact, the Bible does tell us in Psalms 37, 4, delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desire of your heart. What this really means is that God will give you the desires that you should have. So if you desire married, marriage and you and you are in alignment with the father this means that he also desires that for you but that does not mean that you will not go through that season of singleness 
Singleness is a blessing, not a curse. God is using your singleness for preparation and healing. He wants to prepare you to be the spouse that he has called you to be. He wants to prepare you. He wants to get all of the baggage off of you before that person is even introduced. Will you be perfect? No. In fact, you'll never be perfect. But when that person is brought into your life, you will know who you are. You will know the man or woman that you would like to be it, to be with. And you will know what you like and what you do not like. But in order to do that, you must focus in your singleness. You have to surrender. You have to be able to surrender and submit your will to God's will. Proverbs 6, 5 through 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. This means that when you give up the throne of your heart and you allow God to sit at the throne of your heart and give him control, you will begin to see singleness in a new light. You'll have a different perspective of what singleness is. In fact, you'll have more trust knowing that God is concerning you. He has plans concerning your aspirations and your future. But in that singleness, your, spec your, your perspective has to be changed. He wants you to focus on loving him fully, fully, loving God fully. Deuteronomy says six and five, everything that I'm reading is in the New King James Version. You shall love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. When I first came to Christ, I remember this. I was like, all right, God, like I love you enough and I and I believe in you enough to know that you sent your son down to die on the cross for my sins. Like I get that. I love you, God. Like we both like we like we like we brodies now. But God, I don't know if I love you enough and I don't know if I trust you enough to, to give you my emotions and to give you my pain and to give you my baggage and to give you everything of me, to give you all of me. God, I don't know if I love you that much. I don't know if I can love you with all my strength. What happens to that, God? I remember that I was the only person having that strength on the inside of me. I remember that. I remember having to be my strength even when I was weak. I remember that. I remember those things. I remember having to just live to survive. I remember. God, I remember how come you're coming along and you're telling me to give you all of me, give you all of me. God, how can I do that? I don't know you like that because I didn't. But God was challenging me. He was like, listen, look, this is what we're going to focus on in your singleness. I'm going to have you to focus on loving me, getting to know me, knowing that when you can be my best friend, I can be your best friend. Knowing that. Knowing that you can trust me with your heart, trust me with your mind, trust me with your soul, trust me with all your strength, that you can love me with it all. So you got to ask yourself, am I loving God with everything 
that I have in me and my loving God with my entire being and my loving God with all my strength, mind and soul and my loving God completely. Have I given him my heart? Have I given him my thoughts? Have I given him my emotions? Have I given him my pain? Have I given him my abandonment issues? Have I given him my rejection? Have I given God my all? Are there areas in my life that is still hurting that no one knows about? No one knows the night that I was touched. No one knows the night that I was abandoned. No one knows the night that I was beat on, but God. Have I given him that moment? Have I given him those feelings of pain? No one knows the moment that I tried to commit suicide, but God. No one knows, but God is saying, I was there in that moment, I was there. In that pain, I was there. Give it to me. He wants to teach us this all in singleness. He wants us to heal so that he can give us purpose. We can't lead and, and walk in our purpose with the baggage of our past. We can't lead and, and have purpose with the baggage of our old man with old wine skin <clears throat> it says for jeremiah 11 jeremiah 29 11 it says for i know the thoughts that i think towards you says the lord thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope god doesn't want to harm you he just wants to give you a future of hope he wants to heal those broken wounds. He wants to care for you. God says, I will give you my all. I will love you. God is near to the brokenhearted. And in singleness, he says, I can have you undistracted. And I can show you what it looks like to be loved. And God had to show me that in my singleness. When I first came to Christ, I didn't even know what my true laugh sounded like. I didn't know what my true voice sounded like. I didn't know what really made me angry. I couldn't distinguish my emotions. I didn't know really what was right and what was wrong concerning myself. I didn't know who I was. I was completely bare. And God put me in the season of solitude and singleness for two straight years. And he began to show me that I can laugh when I believe that things are funny, that it's okay for me to cry and it's okay for me to be myself. It's okay for me to want to go to this place because I'm interested. It's okay for me to not agree with a certain viewpoint and that is okay. It's okay. And if they don't like me, it's okay. It's okay to want to be around people who want to be around you. That's okay. God told me in my singleness and in community, I remember this. I was a part of a community. Even in my, my season of solitude, I was trying to get out there and be in Christian community. And I said, God, I said, every time I get around this community, it reminds me of what I used to be in. It reminds me of what I used to be. I went to a private school and it was very, it was very, um, a fake environment and you had to put on a mask of who you actually were and I said God I said even though I'm saved and I'm in this Christian community I feel like I'm masking myself again I feel like I can't be my true self without someone touching and putting a false identity on me God I feel like I, I, I don't I don't want to be a part of this community God 
is that wrong of it? And God eventually told me, he said, what you don't want, I do not want for you. And it gave me the freedom to leave because I know that I don't have to be a part of a community where I don't feel the acceptance and the love of Christ. But I only learned that knowing that the community that I wanted to be around, I wanted to be around a community that wasn't clicky. I wanted to be around a community that made everybody feel comfortable. I wanted to be around a community where we could laugh and joke and play. I wanted to be around that type of community. And God showed me because that is what you want. And you are aligned with me. The desire that you have in your heart is what I also desire for you. And that is when God told me what you don't want, I don't want for you. Because I was aligned with the spirit of the Lord. And my desires, what were de what I was desiring was what God was desiring. So he began to fulfill my desires. In the, in the true essence of singleness and solitude, I was beginning to understand that God, that the desires that I have on the inside of my heart, that the purpose and plans that he have for my life, as long as I stay close with him, he will fulfill them all. But I was only able to know those things in solitude and my singleness. I had to get to know myself. I had to get to know who I was in Christ. Understand what I liked and what I didn't like. I had to lean on God in a way that felt vulnerable. But in my most vulnerable moments, God allowed me to lean on him when I felt like I had nothing else to lean on. He was my only thing that I could lean on. He was my rock. And he became my best friend. I remember walking down the streets of South End and just talking to God and feeling like I'm on a cloud. I would go to get my nails done at Cosmic Nails and I would go there feeling so excited, like, oh my gosh, God, like I get to get my nails done. And I was honoring him in my finances. I mean, I felt good. I was like, yeah, God, I just gave my 10%. Like I'm feeling good. And I got a little budget going on. Like I feel great. And I was going to get my nails done. And God was like, yeah, like he was giving me confidence. He was giving me a joy and a peace. Every day wasn't perfect. I did have my days of loneliness, but those days of loneliness and hurt and pain only reminded me that God still needed to heal things in my life. Every time I went to his feet, he began to show me what aching pain was there, lingering that I needed to give to him. I mean, songs were written, poems were written out of those moments, out of that pain. But that pain and the solitude and the singleness was necessary for my preparation and healing. And it set me up for success for God to show me the purpose that he has over my life. And he wants that same thing for you. If you feel like you're around people and when you get behind closed doors and you get by yourself and you don't know who you are, maybe it's time to sit at the feet of Jesus so that he can put you in a season where he can show you who he's created you to be fully and where you can own that.
So if there is someone out here that wants to know, that wants to know who that God is, you can just say, Dear Heavenly Father, God, forgive me for I am a sinner. God, I believe that your son, Jesus Christ, died on the cross for my sins. God, I believe he died and rose on the third day. God, I believe that he conquered death, hell, and the grave. God, Jesus is the son of God. And he is the savior of this world. I believe that. God, I want to be a living sacrifice. God, take me. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. <sighs> that is so beautiful. If you did that, I am rejoicing and God is rejoicing with you. I just want to say, if you don't have anywhere to go, please head on over to Divine Direction International Church, better known as DDIC. And we stream every Sunday at 1030 um, on DDIC Network. And we also can be found at 141 East Rockingham. And I'm just so excited. If you don't know who we are, you can definitely head over to our world, our, our website. Sorry. It is called ddicworldlive.info. You do not want to miss that. Our church be booming, y'all. I just love it. But you guys catch me back next Saturday at 12 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. I believe on Apple Podcast, it posts at 1 p.m. I'm so sorry, guys. Um, so on Apple Podcast, that will be 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. But on Podcastle, um, YouTube, it does go up at 12 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. <laughs>